Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. This is Tommy Dees here with Adam Sparks, and we are breaking down the doors. And today, Adam, we're really going to break down the Vanderbilt Commodores, not the studio door. Full season, right? Exactly. We're going to look at the first game. We're going to look at the full season. We're going to look at some things Vanderbilt has coming that would that they feel will enhance the uh, the game atmosphere and, and attendance and things like that. And, you know, we'll go over it all. So, and we also have... Um, some some updates in mind because you talk with Malcolm Turner. Do you want to start with that? Uh, yeah. So um, some there's some enhancements that they've already teased out there. Video board. I was over at Vandy today. Video board is nearly done. They have a few panels left. I know there was a little bit of cringing uh, with a walkthrough Vandy had the other day when they looked up the video board wasn't done. But the assurance has been it will be done before kickoff. I've even been told it'll be done by the end of today, which is Tuesday. We'll see. But before the game, we've already talked about alcohol sales. You know, there's the restrooms are, are undergoing some renovations, but those are going to be throughout the season. You know, generally speaking, Malcolm Turner, the athletic director, his message was rather than waiting till the end of the season to make some enhancements, the some small renovations, those sort of things. They were just going to go ahead and start the construction now. Again, with small this things. This is a pardon our progress kind of sign thing ever hanging in here. And yes, there. yes. And well, and and let me set it up that way. Malcolm Turner, I asked him about that and why why do it now rather than wait. And this is uh, what Vandy's athletic director Malcolm Turner had to say. Yeah, I wanted to focus on our fan experience, our game production, and obviously around it, as you well know, we're taking a look at all of our facilities, but um, timetable is not our friend here, and so the whole idea was what can we feasibly change and implement, giving the run-up to opening weekend, uh, and let's get started. And that's that's the thing I wanted to focus on first and foremost, getting started rather than being perfect. Uh, Let's try some things, let's add what we can, but... This is just the beginning. I'm looking forward to experiencing football for the first time uh, here and being able to see and hear and gather feedback and experience for myself firsthand, subsequent adjustments and enhancements that we can make down the road. But I certainly didn't have the view of, well, let's wait and see and get through another year of football. And we all know there are things right here and now that we should get started on. So let's get started. So get started rather than being perfect. Again, that's kind of the message they're they're going with. The the enhancements that they're having now have nothing to do with what they're going to do with the stadium long term. That's something that we'll hear maybe at the end of the year, but probably more so before next season. Privately, they're going to know about internally. They're going to know what they're going to do with the stadium before next season. I don't think it's going to be public though until sometime in 2020 and that's a 
guesstimate just based on the conversation that I had with him. They'll know internally, obviously, a whole lot sooner than they'll make it public what their plans are. Yeah, and and generally the way that's done uh, at any major institution is you lay out probably a a best case, a middle, and a worst case scenario of what you want to do. Then you test the fundraising waters. And in Vandy's case, there won't be any public funds, obviously. They're a private institution, whereas sometimes, you know, you can get, for instance, I was in Alabama. There was a major reconstruction in which which the city and and the county, they didn't pay for it, but they pitched in some of it because they were going to be getting enhanced tax revenues. So so they they did contribute to it. Well, Vanderbilt can't do that. But I don't think Vandy's trying to expand to a hundred thousand anyway. No, so, no, but they, anyway, they will test the waters with their with their donors and see what they what's feasible. And where they are in the process now is so they've had a firm that has basically gone in and architecturally, if that's the word I'm looking for, kind of looked at the lay of the land and said, "Here's where you sit right now. Here's what your space is. Here's what can be done in that space." And more of an evaluation of all their facilities, what needs to be enhanced, what can be improved, what needs to be replaced. And that's, again, that's facility, it's athletics-wise, not just uh, not just in football and not just the stadium. That process has now come to an end. People may say, well, how did they not know what they had? This is a new athletic director, and there's a lot of money on the line. So they want to get the lay of the land before they decide which direction they're going to go. And, and let me throw in there, if, if you're looking at a major overhaul of your football stadium, unless you're willing to tear down the complete structure and start over, you have to know what's feasible within the structure you have. Right. Which means the bowl and the seating. Yeah, and they're yeah, and they're it's not a full bowl, but you know what I mean. The concrete yes. part that houses the seating, unless you're going to blow all that up, which is now you're talking hundreds of millions or probably. And and it's a bigger issue for Vandy because they're landlocked. Mm-hmm. So there's properties on every direction. They bought up some properties properties along West End. Not sure that's going to have anything to do with the stadium. But when you're landlocked, you can't just go in and say, okay, let's just do this plan in this big open parking lot. You can't do that. You have to figure out what works in that space if that's the space that you're going to stay in. Yeah, um, I, guess, I mean, unless you want to go like take Centennial Park by force or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there are there are as many options. But well, but well, regardless, what you're going to do starts with what you can do. Well, and, and some of the stuff that people will see at the game, new video board. Uh, there's a new video board. The old one is gone. Um, the old terrible one is also gone and not replaced at all. The little tiny light bright one. The black and white TV <laughs> in one of the ends. <laughs> right. uh, there's a new tailgating program. People will see that. You can, you can kind of rent. Um, different uh, amenities for tailgating. Restroom renovations have just started, new fixtures and little, little uh, cosmetic things in there. That will happen throughout the first probably half week or half half of the season, first half of the season. Alcohol sales, obviously, there will be some new food vendors, Chick-fil-A and Maggie Moo. I Hello. approve both of those. Yeah. Um, I'm getting Chick-fil-A at uh, Nissan Stadium on Sunday games. Okay, well, there you go. See? You can have it throughout the throughout the weekend. A new DJ deck. They're trying to get students to come. So at the top or near the top of the student section is they will have a DJ. So alcohol and a DJ. It's a, a you know, it's a party. <laughs> that's right. Uh, they'll have fireworks after every score and after wins. Okay. So that can include field goals. Have we have we determined like a safety? Does that count? 
Oh, I don't know. You know, what I need to do is see with how good they think their season will be by how much fireworks exactly. they have stored. See, that's where Vanderbilt being private hurts because we could have requested those if those were public documents. That's true. That's how true. much did you spend on fireworks? Uh, and so if they're uh, sending somebody down to the local trailer that they only set up on July fourth and you know late late December. Probably well, no, not. No, no. <laughs> they're gonna one, one that I like, and I think maybe fans will like. They're gonna reduce the in-game presentation. So anybody that's gone to Vandy, Vandy games for a long time, they know every time there's a TV timeout, somebody's getting recognized on the field, and people mm-hmm. don't even notice who it is anymore because it happens every timeout. They're gonna have less of those. They're gonna have some, a few upgrades in the suites and uh, those things, but it'll be small things that people notice. It's just a starting point. Malcolm Turner, the AD, is actually going to be, you're going to see him in the stands. You're going to see him in the tailgating areas, basically asking fans, what do you want? I'm, t- I'm making a list of what we can add for next season. What do you want to get rid of? What do you want to add? And he's keeping a list. I always said that if I were ever an athletic director, which I will never get to be, that the, the two questions I would be asking of the fan base are, what do you want? And how much can I put you down for? That's right. That's the that's the follow up. <laughs> I want I want a new fifty thousand seats spanking new stadium. Good. How much can how I put much? you down for you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh oh, you just want to keep your tickets. That's all you're paying. Well, then let me scratch the part where this is what you want, unless well, you're willing to help pay for it. Well, so I asked Derek Mason today at the press conference about those enhancements. He gave me the standard answer. It's great. We're moving in the right direction. All that he said. But what I can do is affect the product on the field. And, and that starts this week, Saturday, with the Georgia Bulldogs coming into town, which is a very high-profile SEC game. Granted, Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt, um, but Vanderbilt's been to a bowl here lately, and Georgia is a national championship contender. That's a big opponent coming in. And on the first week of SEC play, you don't get just a ton of, of league games. It's it's a funny place, I think, this is to put Vandy fan in. This is a funny situation because – if Vandy gets it's a twenty-one point uh, spread. If Vandy gets beat by twenty-one, spoiler: Georgia is favored. <laughs> that's right. Do you? Do Vandy fans are Vandy fans patient enough to say if this doesn't go well, we understand this is the best opponent on the schedule? Or do Vandy fans overreact and look at this? And say, oh, we're going to be terrible this year because look, we were terrible against the number three team in the country. Or does Vandy hang with the number three Georgia team? And people say, okay, this this is for sure a team that's going to go to a bowl game because, look, they were just competitive with Georgia. There's there's so much overreaction that can be in place for this game. I'll be curious as much to see what the reaction is to the result as I am the result. Absolutely. And, and, and let's start with what we think about this game. Um, you know, and I can't see any way Vanderbilt beats Georgia. It's just not – the, Vandy has the big three, and, and Georgia has a lot of big threes. <laughs> they got a lot more than Vanderbilt has. They have a big 33. Yeah, they, they're going to get more than three guys drafted uh, and, and probably up to three or more in the NFL in the first round. Yeah, I mean, the the formula for Vanderbilt to win this game has to be no errors. Torrential but- rainfall. <laughs> Lightning delays. They have to win the turnover margin by quite a bit. Well, Jake Fromm has to be unusually bad, and it would be unusually because he's usually not bad. Vandy's quarterback, who I I think will be Riley Neal, we'll see. There hasn't been an announcement. Um, He has to be almost error-free. A lot of this is going to come down to, it's so cliche, but O-line, D-line, that's what's going to win and lose this game, which is why Vanderbilt is such a heavy 
underdog because Vandy has some new pieces on the offensive line. They're already undermanned against a Georgia front on the offensive line. So if Vandy can't open up holes for Keyshawn Vaughn and if they can't protect the quarterback, they don't have a prayer. And Georgia is really, really, really good in the front seven. Keyshawn Vaughn's if he's not as good as any running back in the SEC, he's as good as most. Of, I mean, he's better than most of them. There may be somebody who's better. It's not anybody who's a lot better. But that offensive line against Georgia's defensive line, I don't. I just don't see Vanderbilt being able to run the football and move the chains, which is what you really have to do to win this game because you got to keep Georgia off the field. Yeah, you've got to win some. You got to control the clock. You got to control field position. And you need a real kind of an ugly game, a, a scrum where there's some, some turnovers and it goes your way in the, in the margin, but that might mean four to two. You know, you've you got to have some sloppy play on the other side to help you. Well, you know, Derek Mason referenced today the Miami-Florida game and how sloppy that was. Vandy has to have that happen to this Georgia. This needs to be like mud wrestling. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It That has to happen to Georgia but not Vandy. Right. Georgia's got to make all the first game mistakes, and Vandy make almost none of them. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, I, the last two games between these two teams, last year was competitive for a half. I tend to think that's what this year's will be. I think it will be competitive, maybe a single-digit margin for the half. The wear and tear that Georgia puts on you will take its toll in the third, fourth quarter. Yeah, and Georgia also has a kind of depth where, where Vanderbilt might have to play their starting 22 to compete, Georgia can can keep guys fresh. Yes. You know, they'll rotate more defensive linemen than Vanderbilt will rotate. They'll rotate more linebackers and receivers than Vanderbilt will rotate. And and at some point that that becomes a factor in that where they where they wear you out. So for those that are wondering about the quarterback, it was asked once again today a couple a couple different ways. Deuce Wallace or Riley Neal Derek Mason said he has told the quarterbacks and the team who the quarterback is. Again, my guesstimate is I think it's Riley Neal, and I've said that consistently throughout the preseason. That I just think the Ball State grad transfer is a guy that's played a lot of football, and then they'll go with him. That's that's my guesstimate. But Derek Mason was asked, could you play both quarterbacks? I think that's as much of a question uh, that people have more than which quarterback it is. Could he play two? He had a little bit of fun with this, but he, here was his answer. Derek Mason, will you possibly play, play uh, both quarterbacks? I mean, possibility. Anything's possible. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Stuff could fall out of the sky. I mean, yeah. Is there a greater probability than that of that happening? Well, I mean, you never know. You're playing an SEC opponent. Anytime you, know, you play against an SEC opponent, you know, it's nice to have two quality quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start with a quarterback, and at the end of the day, if I need to sub, then I'll sub. But then there's a one, there's a two. That's how we set it, and that's the way we'll play. So anything is possible, he said. Any, okay, anything. I, I think going in, their plan is to play one quarterback and to have a package for the second. That makes more sense if Neal is the starter. Wallace, a little more of a runner, is maybe the guy that would have a package for him. So maybe he gets on the field. Um, but I do think they're going in with the plan to have one quarterback and and try to stick with him. So we uh, we we're picking Georgia to win. Obviously, should we go through the season of the picks? And let's, we, let's let's see let's see how we see this thing playing out. All, all twelve game games, game. all twelve games, game by game. What is Vandy's record at the end of the year? Okay, well, we've, we've already started with Georgia, and we Ge- both predict that Vandy will not win. Loss, loss right. for both of us. Uh, game two at Purdue. I think this is that's a toss up game. 
mostly I'm, because it's on the road, produced pretty good offensively. I think Vanderbilt's going to win that game. I think Vanderbilt, that, that, that's where you start seeing the running game, and, and, and I think he's the kind of running back who can – who can run? I mean, Purdue does have a good offense. I don't think any, they've set any records on defense lately. They've got a coach who a lot of people are excited about, and part of the reason they're excited is because of that offense. I see this one because I do think Vanderbilt's going to have a decent offense. I just think George is not going to let them get it started. I see this as kind of a crazy 35-30 to 30 kind of game. And I see Vandy coming out on top. Um, I'm I'm a little surprised honestly, but I've I've got the same. I've got wow. I've got Vandy beating Purdue. I think that would be a it'd be a huge morale boost. I think that's the game where if you have three All SEC skill guys, that's where they have to show up. That's where Keyshawn Vaughn has to run for 150, 180. That's where Jared Pinkney and Kalaja Lipscomb and those guys have to play well. I've got I've got also uh, Vandy winning a high-scoring affair. LSU – oh, go uh, ahead. But let me just also say one thing. One of the things that I factored in that is when you have a, a, basically a pretty seasoned club like Vandy does, these guys have been in SEC stadiums and environments a lot tougher than Purdue. Right. So, you know, when you, when you say you're going on the road to play a Power Five – in some cases, that's like, ooh, that's, that's a whole different territory for you. It's not no. when you play in the SEC. So I, I just don't see the – I mean, yes, going on the road is a tougher place than winning at home just because of all the normal factors. You're traveling. They're sleeping in their own beds. They'll, they'll have the crowd for them. But it's not going to be an intimidation factor at Purdue. That's, yeah, when, when you play in the swamp every other year, it's going to West Lafayette. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to Ohio State, that's that's like going to a big SEC game after right. Michigan. Purdue's not like that. Uh, number six, LSU comes to Nashville after that. Who you got? I have LSU, but I think that, that Vandy may show that it can compete. Maybe not for four quarters, maybe not a one-score game, but I, I think Vandy will compete with LSU and lose. I, th- I think, yeah, I've, I've also got Vandy losing that game. I think that could be more interesting than the Georgia game. Uh, at home, Northern Illinois? That's a tougher one than most people think. That's a decent program and has been, but I, Vandy should win that game. Yeah, if Vandy if 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 Vandy sleepwalks, they could lose that game. Yeah, if I, you're if you're if you go start zero and three, and you're demoralized, then that could make you zero and four, um, and that's that's a trap there you have to worry about. But not, neither of us has them starting zero and three. But regardless, if you're if you're thinking. Whew, got over those first three games. Now we got an easy one before we get back in SEC. You, you're, yeah, that no, Northern Illinois would not win the SEC nor compete well in it, but they have good football players. They've been to bowl games. They have a good football program, and, and I would be wary. Yeah, if, if there's a trap game early on for Vandy, that would be it. Then a, a very pivotal game, I think, October 5th, Vandy at Ole Miss. I think Vanderbilt wins. I don't think Ole Miss is quite the what it was for a few years, obviously, and um, I just don't don't have a lot of faith with Ole Miss. They're they're underdogs on the road at Memphis to open the season. I thought I'd tell you something. Okay, I th- I've also got Vandy winning that game. I think that's a pivotal stretch. So they beat Northern Illinois. They beat Ole Miss. We both have then UNLV. It's not basketball, so <laughs> not Jared, so, not the Tark. No, He's not out there. No, among the predictions I have this year is that Vanderbilt will win a basketball game. Because they didn't <laughs> for a long for, this, this they calendar for a year. while, yeah, and um, and this calendar year they have not, and and I think that they will compete well in baseball again. 
Um, but beyond that, they will also beat UNLV in football. Okay, I've also got Vandy winning that game. That means for anybody that could be dismayed by the early part of the schedule, George LSU, per, maybe Purdue. That's where you got to pick up your minimum, momentum yep. right through that stretch. So we're, we're picking a three-game winning streak there. Then it is Missouri at home. Four-game winning streak. Ooh, Okay. I've not, I've not got a lot of faith in those Tigers. Well, I've got a either I've got the Ole Miss Missouri games could be flip flopped either way. I went Ole Miss a win, so I'm going to go Missouri a loss. I think that's that's where the momentum falls off. I think Kelly Bryant has it going on enough there um, that that offense is clicking, and Missouri is in a funny spot of what are they playing for because they've got uh, their own probation. I, I tend to think that's just a surprise game. I could see that one go either way, but I picked a, picked Vandy to lose that one. Um, I've got Vandy with five wins at already. That point. Well, they're they smelling a bowl. They sugar bowls around the corner. If this thing keeps going, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler: I have Vanderbilt losing to South Carolina next on the road. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the matchup of South spot. Carolina. I, I don't, I've never liked the matchup, Vandy, South Carolina. I don't like the trip. Columbia to South is also Carolina. a place that they show up hungry and ready. Yes. Their fans, their fans are not the fair weather. We'll show up for the big game against the big opponent, and then we'll we'll take a couple of weeks off. If there's a football game being played in Columbia, they're going to show up and show out. Yeah, thirty years ago, they went there and saw that team win nothing and still sold out. Mm-hmm. So the- I, and I will tell you, I think they have. Quite frankly, I would argue. In a lot of ways, they have the best fans in the SEC because I've seen bad South Carolina teams completely packed out, and and not just packed out, but they're loud. Yeah, you know they show up day night, eleven o'clock, seven o'clock. I really do tip of the cap to the South Carolina fan base because they always show up. So we've got Vandy losing that one. Then it is at the swamp day after my fortieth birthday. <laughs> Uh, Not gonna happen. No. I, I forget what you thought you saw against Miami and us in a slot fest in a mud wrestling contest. Florida's way too. So talented. for the day after my fortieth birthday, I don't see an upset in no. the swamp. I, do you? Do you? Uh, I don't. No, I don't think so. Happy either. birthday. Uh, yeah, I don't see that one. So Vandy, Vandy loses that one. You and see then, a lot of jorts when you go down there. That's one thing. You know, that's not one of that's a, that's not just urban myth, man. Those they really wear jorts down there. Yeah, it's they like, do. It's like a John Cena, like you know, I want to be John Cena kind of thing. Yeah, anybody that's never gone down to Gainesville, when you say I'm going to Florida. That's not the same Florida as the Florida you imagine. That's not that's South not the Beach. Beach. No, no, that's not or, or or the Panhandle Beach or any other. It's more South Georgia. There's a lot of, there's a lot of lizards in Gainesville. Quite frankly, it's <laughs> one of the observations I've had. And I, there are. I mean, there are lizards everywhere you turn. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's a swamp. It that's is. That's why they call it that. That's aptly named, right? Yeah. Uh, Kentucky. I think there's a steak and shake there, maybe, but Kentucky at home. Van, does Vandy beat Kentucky in Nashville? No. Ooh, I've got a yes. The okay. Benny Snellless Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. I don't like that passing game. I don't think they'll have enough of a running game. I think that's still a very solid program. They're on the upswing, but I think that is a beatable team. I got Vandy getting uh, back in the win column. They win. And, and here's one. go ahead. Well, they win that one. That's well, uh, yeah. But before we move on, win. let me say this about Kentucky. Usually when you see a team in the SEC and anywhere in college football get better than they kind of are historically when they take like kind of two major step forwards and build a, wow, they won a lot of games. They're they're formidable. They beat some good people. It's because you went out and got a good quarterback. 
Right. And then that quarterback goes, and you go back to being what you were before. Kentucky did it with below-average quarterback play because they built a program. They've got they've got depth. They got they they play physical football. They're not trying to outspread everybody. They just want to line up and knock you off the ball. And, and I think if they are winning this year, I think Kentucky does it with defense. That, yeah, and yeah. that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, they have, they are not just built around one or two players who are gone now and then forget about Kentucky. And so by that point in the season, does Vandy have? By that point in the it, season, basketball practices started, so they yes. might be distracted. Well, that means Kentucky fans are not going to be coming exactly. down to Nashville. Yeah, it won't be a lot of those. They'll be sneaking into Rupp to Oh, they'll see be coming to Nashville yeah. in March. That's right. That's for right. the SEC tournament. <laughs> we'll see them. We just won't see them at the, this spot. Okay, so ETSU, I think that's still Randy Sanders that coaches that team. I uh, think that's right, but I couldn't swear to it. But I will swear this. Vanderbilt wins game number six right there. That is that. Oh, that's six for you. That's okay. six because I had is, them with five early. Oh, that's six for me also. Okay, yeah. So that's six and five. That is that's a bowl bid before Thanksgiving gets mm-hmm. here, and after Thanksgiving, on to Knoxville. Bum, bum, bum. Or Vandy, Vandy four in a row. Yeah, that would be that would be four. That would in be a four row. in a row. Do you have Vandy? That would be six row? out of eight. Yeah, is that right? I think they're five out of yeah, seven. Yeah, five out of seven, yes. Not going to happen. Oh, Not that was happen. such a build That's up. a gut punch right there. I just can't see you keep rolling the dice and coming up the same. I mean, I mean, it's not like Vanderbilt completely out-talents Tennessee across the board, and there's just a huge gap, and it'll take years before Tennessee. And I do think Tennessee's barely kind of sort of starting to turn a corner. I can see, you know, I, I have them in a bowl also this year. Yeah. And this is one of the games that Tennessee will win. Yeah, with with Tennessee, they're always weird because I think for three or four years in a row, I've said, eh, maybe this is maybe where they kind of turn the corner. And then they don't. I, I, again, I kind of have in my gut that they are they are turning the corner a little bit. The, uh, Black Vandy, the past few years, there's so little difference between a five-win Tennessee team and a seven-win Tennessee team. Mm-hmm. I tend to think they're going to be more towards the seven-win uh, Tennessee team. I'm not judging history long-term or short-term. I just think these are two fairly evenly matched teams, Vanderbilt and Tennessee. It's in Knoxville. Uh, I, I, I think Tennessee, if I had to pick it now, I think Tennessee wins that game in Knoxville. Now, check with me around Halloween, and my pick could very well go the other way or stretch even further in, in, in favor of the Vols. We'll know a lot in Jeremy Pruitt's, in this season for Jeremy Pruitt, whether they have it figured out or not. And I think we'll know well before that game in late November. But I've got, I've got uh, for the season right now, the Vols winning that one. That puts Vandy at 6-6. Six and six. We and have them getting there a different way a little bit. But I also have them at six and six, which is a bowl season. I also have them fading a lot late down the stretch because Vanderbilt tends not to be too deep across the board, and you get worn out a little, and you get guys injured, and they're, you know, it's the next man up. Well, the next man up at Vanderbilt usually isn't good as the starter. Yeah, and it's a weird schedule this year, so I don't even know how to judge how their depth will hold up, whether they can weather the storm of the early part or if they're beaten up by the early part. I do yeah, think you got those big first three that, that if you do win one game, you're probably doing pretty well. Yes. Then you got this kind of soft middle that you got a chance to get something going, softer than the rest of it. And then starting with with South Carolina, you've turned a corner where you're starting to try to go uphill again. Yeah, I mean, judging by how we broke down those games, I 
I'm looking at five toss-up games that basically determines whether this is a bowl team or a bad team, and that's Purdue, Ole Miss, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If you win three of those five, you're you're in a bowl. Yep. You know, and that's that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to a lot for Vandy. Well, let's go back a decade. You didn't have that many toss up games. You had two or three. Now you have at least five. Yeah. That's that's progress. That's a sign of progress in a league that's a lot better, you know, year by year. I mean, yep. it's just hard to make you know, Vandy has done really well to get where it's at. It's hard to make up ground from there and, and take another step or two up the rung. You know, what I what I would consider a very successful season for Vanderbilt would be get to a bowl which requires six wins, and win that bowl. Win the bowl, yeah. That's the next step they have to take. That's the, if, if, you, if you do that, I will look at this and say that was a good Vanderbilt team. They, they took the program a step forward. While it had already been taking steps forward, they took it another step forward. And let's be honest, where a 6-6 six and six type SEC team is, that bowl that you're in is a winnable bowl. Yeah. Yeah, you're playing a comparable team. You're yeah, playing a high, a, a good mid major or a low or, major. Yeah, you know, Belk Bowl, wherever that is, you're probably you know I, I would tend to think they would be best off playing against an ACC team because once you lop off the the very top of that league, there's a lot of beatable teams. Yes, a lot of flawed teams. You know that that Miami team we saw in week zero might be a seven and five, six and six, or might be maybe they're better than that. They got a good defense. But but if they're that good or worse, I think you know, I could see Vandy competing with a team like that. So I can't wait till next week because next week we will be talking on this podcast about what actually happened in a real football game. A real live football game. Can't wait. First downs and everything. What do we need to tell the listeners about how to keep up with their coverage? Well, you can subscribe to Tennessean.com, and uh, that's where you can keep up with all Adam's work. And uh, we also ask you to uh, request and urge you to download the podcast uh, breaking down the doors and subscribe to it on itunes or wherever it is that you find your podcast but we will be back next week and we'll even be back again this week with a special edition of breaking down the doors because spoiler we're going to be breaking down all the sec games against the spread and i'm going to mop the floor with adam in this competition gamblers or not people will be interested i'm sure exactly especially degenerate gamblers (laughs) (laughs) those those are the best kind exactly (laughs) all right